0: Welcome to the Mind Your Autistic Brain talk show, the talk show for late-identified autistics, where each week you will hear the autism journey of another late-identified person, including the hardest part, the best part, and insights they share just for you. So you know you are not alone on this journey, my friend. Find your person and community here each week. And don't miss these special editions of Creator Spotlight and Hot Topic with your hostess with the mostest, Social Audie—that's me, Carol Jean. Let's get started. Today is a special edition. Today is Coffee with Carol Jean. I try and do this on my um, Facebook group, in my Facebook group, and YouTube channel about once a month, if not twice. This month I'm sharing it a little differently because. A, I'm on vacation. So I'm in a hotel right now. And recording has uh, been a little interesting as there's been a lot of racket and noise uh, around me for the last few minutes. So I am uh, enjoying my cup of hotel coffee here um, as I join you today to talk about breaking the stigma. Hashtag break the stigma. Welcome to May. We are in the month of mental health awareness as most of us as late-identified autistics, are pretty darn aware of, right? We don't need to be aware of it. There's some things that I want to talk about today about mental health and how it affects us as late-identified autistics. This is not going to be a long episode. It's going to be pretty short, and it's just some food for thought. Some food for thought because April, as we all know, was a pretty tough month this year. Uh, for many of us in the autistic community, because it's awareness versus acceptance, it's hurt people, disenfranchised, traumatized people, us people meaning us who are trying to make a difference, and we're in a community of people who are we are hurt, we are traumatized, we we have been so. We're, we still carry a lot of wounds with us that we're healing. So that doesn't always mean that we exercise the best communication skills just on a good day, right? I know I have those challenges. But when we're under pressure, when we're under stress, when we're under emotional duress, how we respond to ourselves and to others isn't always at its best. I saw a lot of really hurtful, things, one autistic to another this past month that broke my heart. And I also saw some pretty amazing things. I saw a lot of love. I saw a lot of openness to start conversations and to just listen to someone else's perspective. Because, you know, we talk about, Kenny and I had a conversation that I shared with you last week where we talked about our perspective. And there isn't you know, one way to see something. We all see something from our own unique perspective. And that comes from our history, our experiences, you know, where we grew up, uh, what has happened to us in our life. And and we bring all of those things with us. You know, things we learn in school, all of those things become part of us. So as we're talking about mental health month right now, I want to just discuss what mental health means to us as late-identified autistics. And I want to make some distinctions here for thought. You know, I'm not forcing or imposing my opinions or beliefs on anybody. I just want to start some discussions and maybe just put some things out there for everyone to think about and maybe consider them for something for yourself in your life. As late identified autistics, we've gone decades without knowing we were autistic. And when we finally either get that formal identification or self-identification, and we know this is us, this is who we are, you know, I'm an autistic person, this answers all the questions that I've had as to why life was so freaking hard. And creeping, that is a new word, right? <laughs> that was a conjunction that just happened. Um, but Life is just, you know, life has been hard. It hasn't been easy. You know, communication has been difficult on so many different levels from just alexithymia, being able to communicate how you're feeling, being able to verbalize and articulate what's in your head, selective mutism, you know, things that happen in our world that we didn't have a word for, we didn't understand. We just knew it was really tough. And as a result of those decades of living without knowing we were autistic, and that's just simply knowing that our brains are wired differently, that, that our brains work in a different way, not less, not better, just different. And as a result of that, Many times, some of the mental health things that happen in our lives over the decades are depression and anxiety. And I'm specifically just going to sort of talk about depression and anxiety today because those are the two biggest, two largest identified occurring, co-occurring conditions in the world of autistics. We go our whole lives and we finally get an answer. And we've got this label that explains so much about what we've experienced in life. And then we go into the community and we meet other people and we have all these amazing, you know, oh, me too, I've experienced that. Oh, you too. And they're super relatable. And it's so nice to know that we're no longer alone because quite often that's exactly how we felt for decades, exceptionally alone, very isolated. And being alone and being isolated because you don't find people to communicate with or to relate to because everyone seems so different or they seem to get it and they seem to bond and sort of pair off and click off in these groups. And we don't ever quite seem to fit into those always. You know, every now and then we'll find another person that is probably neurodistinct like us. And we're like, oh man, I get this person. They get me, you know, they're a really good friend. But en masse, you know, that one person sometimes is the one person that has been a lifesaver for us. And it's that isolation and that feeling different and that, that otherness that we experience when we can't find people that that we can relate to and that who relate to us in return. Those are the biggest contributing factors to depression. And, you know, as many of you know who have been in the autistic community for a while. Or you've begun to do your research and have found that this is you. This is really relating and speaking to you. The word awesome comes from the root word of being alone. And I think that, you know, it comes from the Greek. I think that that is true to a certain extent because we haven't found the people to relate to us or how to communicate how we see the world so that others can then respond to us. So we spend decades alone and isolated, not really having that deep connection of community and connection with another human or other humans in plural form. And that contributes greatly to our mental health. And I think as late of identified autistics, we have had probably more mental health challenges, more mental health occurrences in our life because we didn't know that we were wired differently. And, you know, you form your identity based on the external responses of the world to you. And depression is a result of so many things. And anxiety is huge. You know, the social anxiety, because when you've been in social situations over your lifetime, even beginning as a very small child, I I remember this as well from being young, going into social situations, you know, birthday parties, play dates, and not feeling like I fit in, really feeling not comfortable even talking to anybody because I didn't know how to or what to say um, or how to engage. You know, I remember going to uh, a birthday party for someone that I'd grown up with, and it was our freshman year of high school, and this was a whole new group of girls. You know, there were group of girls I'd known my whole life and, and girls that I had just met. And they were all doing, you know, cheerleading routines and things like that. And I had cheered younger and I actually ended up cheering my freshman year of college. But in that moment, I remember feeling so other. I wanted to participate and I knew that I could. I just didn't know how to go about it. I felt really intimidated. I didn't feel comfortable, I guess, is a better way to put it. Because I never had a deep connection with anybody. And and that led to a lot of social anxiety, you know, because then I was worrying about everything that I was doing, right? Because we worry about what we're doing and not who we're being. You think about, you know, what am I wearing? How am I showing up? You know, do I Am I speaking like the other girls? Am I using the same vocabulary or the language? You know, do I have the right pair of shoes? I mean, something as simple and really kind of silly as that. And when you've gone for decades feeling depressed because you're alone and you're isolated and you don't feel like anybody gets you, and then you're trying to fit in, you're trying to make those connections, and then, you know, you're always a little bit different. And even if you do things like everybody else does, it just doesn't seem to work for you. Um, you know, I could model and do exactly what the other girls did, but it never quite fit. They always seemed to notice that I was different in some way. And those, those labels that we have, and many of us as late identified autistics, end up with lots of labels by the time we get to autism. Autism is sort of the, sort of the final label. Sometimes it's the cherry on the sundae that tops it all off. And a lot of those labels usually don't fit. Or they only fit a part of us. And that's something I would just like to present to everybody to think about today is where, to be, where do we begin to step out of a label as it is defined and begin to see and begin to see us as us? Where do we begin to step out of a label? as it's defined you know, by society or, or by textbook, and where do we begin to see us for who we are? This is something I've been reflecting on a lot in the last few weeks. You know, I did the segment on ADHD versus autism, and I've been identified with both. And I thought, oh, well, ADHD was just a mislabel, like everything else, you know, bipolar, you know, anxiety disorder, depression, you know, generalized depression. Um, all of those things that I've gotten over my lifetime of seeing therapists and counselors and, you know, just doing my own inner work, right? You've probably experienced the same thing. So then you just begin to sort of have to sort through the labels. It's almost like you, get, you end up with this laundry list and it's all these different things that sort of define who you are as a person. You know, it becomes sort of part of your identity. You know, I was talking to Josh in the car yesterday because we're traveling and we had several hours in the car yesterday. And I said, you know, I've really been reflecting on this and I've got this laundry list of labels. And, you know, you, you talk about not just your your nerd distinctiveness from how you perceive the world and how you process information, but how your body is different. You know, you can't separate your physical body from your brain, how your brain works. Those those two work in tandem. So my body is also neuro you know, I have POTS, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. I have MVP, mitral valve prolapse. I have dysautonomia. I have anxiety. I have depression. I have ADHD. I have autism. I am autistic. And that whole laundry list of labels, as I was reflecting on that, it doesn't define me. One label doesn't define me. Just like one label doesn't define you, we are a culmination of a million and one things, different aspects. And labels help us. And they can't be completely dismissed or or disregarded because it's an answer. It gives us sort of that little puzzle. Oh, God, I'm not even going there. Nope, not even. And go in there, it gives us this little piece of information, it gives us a dot in this sand. We are like a beach, our brain has been defined as like grains of sand, you know, billions and billions of neurons. So, really, those aspects of us are just these little grains of sand on a beach, and a beach isn't just a grain of sand. A beach is a culmination of all the the grain. And as I started to think about how mental health as a late identified autistic, when you don't know early, you don't have all those early interventions. You don't have those self-awareness and actualization moments that even sadly now, many autistics that I, I speak with who were identified early in life still run into the same challenges we do just in different ways, but one label, one grain of sand isn't all or, or the, the epitome of the essence of who we are. We are all of the grains of sand that make us up. We are all of those labels. But when do we begin to see us just as individuals, just as I'm Carol Jean, you know, You might be John or Sally or Nancy, Jason. How do we do that? How do we begin to see us as us and not see ourselves as just one particular label or, or our laundry list of labels for mental, physical? And my answer to this, my resolution to this, my answer to this has been we begin to see us ourselves in relationship with others. And one of the greatest things that we have as humans is our connection to the human next to us in relationship. As autistics, this is something that we struggle with when we don't know we're autistic, when we haven't found other people who perceive and and experience the world in similar ways. And when you come to your identification and you come to the autistic community, it, a whole new world opens up. And there is a huge shift in our mental health because we are no longer alone and isolated like we have been. You know, For many of us, that, that's the case. And, and it's in that relationship with other autistics, but also everyone in the world everyone we encounter. And yes, autism is predominantly defined as having social problems, social interaction problems. And I even hate using the word problems because I don't know, that's just me. But the misconception is that, you know, we don't communicate or we're not capable of communicating. I don't know about you, but I'm quite capable of communicating. I just do it in a different way than the majority of people. You probably do too. And that doesn't make it wrong. And the great thing about finding the autistic community and finding other autistic people is that we can communicate with each other and scientists, one autistic person to another, communicate better together than one neurotypical does to another. So as we begin to dispel the broken misconceptions, of who we are as autistic people, we also end to question, am I living by a label only? Or am I looking at all of them? Am I looking at the whole beach or am I just looking at a grain of sand? And each one of those grains of sand on the beach doesn't exist in isolation. It exists in relationship to the grain of sand next to it. And humanity is like that. As late-identified autistics, I have found that my greatest healing has happened in relationship to others and finding my community, finding those that I can relate to. Maybe you have well as well. And I would like to address Mental Health Month in a different way. As late-identified autistics, I do agree that yes, from a mental health perspective, we need to break the stigma of, of seeking help and being able to go and talk to someone. And as this, as I see this, as it applies to late identified autistics is we've gone for so long feeling less than, feeling broken, feeling like we didn't fit in, like there wasn't a place for us. And through the response of the world to us, we became very closed off. We did isolate. And a lot of that was for safety, for protection, because we didn't feel safe, because when we had reached out, something had happened where we'd been rejected in some way. And I want you to know that there is absolutely nothing worse than sitting alone and not knowing that there's somebody else out there that gets you. And today I want you to know that There's a whole community of people in the Mind Your Autistic Brain community in the autistic community at large who get you. We relate, we understand, and we're here for you. And I know it takes tremendous courage. And on the flip side, you cannot be courageous. Brene Brown has even discovered this in her research, decades of research, that you cannot be courageous without being vulnerable. And vulnerability is, is sort of, as late-identified autistic, some of the hardest steps to f- start to take. But when you are holding it all in because you don't think or feel safe, that you can't talk to someone else, I want you to know that the Mind Your Autistic Brain community is the safe place. I founded this group, this community, based in kindness, gentleness, patience, and understanding for a reason. Because I saw, even in the autistic community at large, just not the world, but even in the autistic community, there was a lot of of not being compassionate to one another. And I, I people weren't compassionate to me. They weren't compassionate to my friends. They weren't compassionate to complete strangers who I didn't know, who I saw getting treated horrifically because they may have used a word that that was the only word they knew. And they were out there seeking connection to find their people after decades of not knowing and not having anybody to talk to. So for our mental health this month, I want you to know that in the Mind or Autistic Brain community, it's where you can come, it's safe. It's where you can come and find others to be in relationship with because that's where the healing begins. That is where you can begin to see you and not just the laundry list of labels you've accumulated over the years. You are beautiful and you are perfectly made just as you are. We are all healing. We are all searching to find ourselves and in community, and in relationship to one another, in Ubuntu, we will rise, we will heal, and we will come together in love, and kindness, and generosity of spirit to one another, that you are not alone, that I am here, and so are thousands of others, and you never have to sit in isolation, and afraid, scared, or feeling anything about yourself, other than you are exactly who you're supposed to be. In a post last week, I shared how the bumblebee and the butterfly are similar. If you haven't had a chance to read it, go take a look on my Instagram page at Social Audie and learn why the butterfly and the bumblebee are similar and how they are very much like us as autistics. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for being here. Let's break the stigma of mental health here, but let's do it together. Let's encourage and be the person for someone else who's next to us to be able to talk to and to be vulnerable and be courageous and to open up because it's in relationship to one another in safe environments where we know we are seen, we are understood, where we begin to heal and we begin to find us. We begin to unveil. If you are ready to start your unveiling journey, not just unmasking because there's more to it than that, join me in the unveiling method. You can access this on the profile link at Social socialaudi on Instagram or on my website at socialaudi.com. I have three installments, Burnout to Balance, which is the free introductory course. It is five days of mini email course with a workbook to help you go from autistic burnout to balance, to finding that balance in your life. You can also take the course sharing you are autistic because as we become aware of our knowledge and our identification of autism in our life and being autistic and discovering what that means for us, Some of the most exciting thing about that is sharing that we're autistic with those we love and care about. But we don't always know how to go about it or what to expect. And sometimes there's some fear and anticipation and anxiety that goes with that because we don't know how that might change our relationship with someone. So I've got some great tips in that series as well. There's also the wonderful quantum leap, your autism journey. So if if you're ready and you're at that place in your journey, in your autism journey, where you're ready to take that quantum leap and you're ready to move on to that, that next big section of growth in learning who you are, join me for that one. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful month of May. And join me throughout the month as I begin to share other things that we can help do to strengthen ourselves to strengthen our community, and to strengthen one another. Have a great day, guys. If you are someone who likes to help people and share what has made a difference in your life, please share this talk show with a friend and on your social media accounts so that you can be the blessing in another late-identified autistic's life. Be sure to tag me at Social Audie so I can personally say thank you. And to help keep the talk show ad-free, please consider becoming a one-time or a recurring supporter through either Buy Me A Coffee or the Anchor Podcast links in the show notes below. I truly appreciate your support. Thank you for being a listener, and thank you for adding your voice to our story.